Hey, welcome to Space Gab. This is Mike Coletta. It's the 9th of January, 2023. Space Gab can be heard at www.spacegabpodcast.com. And then you can select a number of venues to listen to the podcast on. Or if you want to just go to my Anchor FM site, just type in spacegab.space. Well, I promise... No rambling about harp today, <laughs> like last week. Um, I, don't, I don't even know how many people listen to that podcast, but I'm guessing probably more than usual because harp is a, a sensitive subject with so many, and I tried to uh, give as much information as I could, and I got some nice feedback saying how I, I just talk about it in simple terms because I'm a simple man, <laughs> So, um, and I was able to uh, tell a story, basically, I was told. You can tell a good story, not meaning it was not true, or is it, or not, but, you know, a storyteller type thing. So I just try to present the facts as I see them, and uh, the, the data that I research, and I share that too. But let's get on to the space news. Today, looks like a U.S. cargo craft, Dragon, SpaceX Dragon Cargo, is going to be leaving the International Space Station on its way back to Earth. It's carrying some hardware and sensitive research samples, it says here in a uh, NASA blog, for analysis on Earth. Um, I guess the crew went through some uh, biomedical activities this morning prior, uh, getting ready for the uh, cargo uh, dragon to be released. And I'm not sure if they're going to be sending that that, uh, data back to Earth. I would imagine they will. Send it back also with the uh, different experiments. Sensitive research samples, it's saying. Uh, So it's going to be coming back, and let's see, at 5.05 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, it'll be uh, undocking from the International Space Station. And uh, NASA TV, of course, will cover uh, live the uh, undocking of Dragon and a departure. So they say they begin at uh, 4.45 today, if you're listening to this podcast before this happens. If not, if you're listening to it after this happens, it's already probably back on Earth. So that's what's going on today at the ISS so far. Well, it appears, another SpaceX story, it appears the launch of SpaceX's next Falcon Heavy rocket from Florida on the U.S. Space Force's USSF-67 mission has been delayed one day. It's not going to be happening until uh, this coming Friday, it looks like. The launch period, it says, opens up at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and runs until 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on that day. So uh, Friday, when the uh, next Falcon Heavy takes a heavy payload into orbit. And something not going to orbit, but coming out of orbit, uh, Eric Berger... He's at SciGuySpace on Twitter. He says, NASA says its defunct Earth radiation budget satellite re-entered Earth's atmosphere at 11.04 Eastern Time on Sunday over the Bering Sea. I'm not sure this uh, satellite, it was um, ERBS. I'm not sure if that's one of the satellites I would monitor back way, way in the day one time. I don't, it doesn't sound familiar to me. 
but it's uh it it was let's see launched in 1984 and it was uh, shut down in 2005 so no i wouldn't have been uh listening to that because it probably wasn't even sending telemetry back at that time when i was monitoring the skies as we've talked about uh, in the past on the podcast where i used to monitor uh, different satellites not only monitor uh using that uh, air force space fence when they would go through following TLEs, two-line elements, going through the space fence and pinging back a, the space fence uh, VHF signal back to Earth. But I would also listen uh, for satellites that were transmitting at different frequencies. And I was posting a lot of that, too, if I would hear them on my Twitter my Twitter feed in the past. But I don't think this is one of the satellites that I listened to because it was, I, I stopped. It stopped transmitting, it looks like, at, way before I started actually monitoring for these satellites. But, uh, yeah, so it has entered the atmosphere. I know a lot of um, social media accounts were talking about this. One this morning even said, you know, that the satellite is still up there, but it was not uh, correct. So the satellite is down. Well, there's a lot of excitement on social media and elsewhere about this next story, Virgin Orbit. And the mission is called Start Me Up. And a hashtag, start me up on Twitter. The UK's first orbital launch window opens today, uh, tweets out National Space Center. Virgin Orbit's start me up mission is targeting a midnight launch for the historic spaceflight from Space Cornwall. It will see the launch of UK satellites into orbit from UK soil for the first time. So, uh... That's the Virgin Orbit launches will go. You've see, probably seen those of your space enthusiasts. The uh, aircraft takes the rocket up, so it doesn't. The, the rocket itself doesn't actually launch uh, from the ground. Now the aircraft uh, takes off from the ground, so that is uh, UK soil, as they're saying here. But the actual rocket, as I said, will be under the aircraft as it takes it up, and then the aircraft drops the rocket. The rocket starts its uh, engine, it's, uh, and it up it goes into space. Now, what's interesting about this, there's been another tweet by someone who is a UK uh, individual, is a, uh, lives there as a citizen of the UK, Space Kate, and her Twitter handle is at... Space Kate, and she tweets out something very interesting, and it's a it's a long thread, so you might I'm only going to read a little bit of it. You want, might want to read the rest, but um, she tweets out. So today we'll hopefully see Virgin Orbit do its first international flight slash launch from Spaceport Cornwall. As a UK citizen who is excited about space, I should be super excited by this. And I sort of am, but I've lost count of the times I've seen, quote, first orbital launch from UK soil, end quote, which, as a pendant, irritates me. A modified 747 will take off as planes do and will be well over the ocean before it drops Launcher 1, the rocket, which will then ignite and launch payload into orbit. So she goes on. This is a thread, like I said, uh, the third of, of 
many here. So technically, the launch element happens in the air. There is no soil involved. As I said before, just the aircraft leaves the soil. And she, says, uh, she continues, I don't even know if it is still going to be in the UK airspace or if it's actually Irish, Spanish, or Portuguese trajectory is southward. They all had to be consulted. And then her fourth one says, Am I being a Grinch about this? I'm not sure I'd like to tell you why I think that it matters. Excitement about space is great. Excuses to talk about space and inspire people. Fabulous. But what if the hype gets too much? Question mark. And I'll let you read the rest. There's quite a few more. She put one in a long uh, tweet thread here about this. And I do have a link to Space Kate's Twitter uh, thread here on my Twitter feed. Oh, I never did give you my Twitter feed account. Well, it's twitter.com slash Mike underscore Coletta slash M-I-K-E underscore C-O-L-E-T-T-A. And this is where I have all the articles I'm talking about today and some I'm not talking about today. So you can read a lot more about space and other things going on on my Twitter feed. But these I'm talking about today will definitely be on the Twitter feed. And Space Kate's tweet thread is definitely on the Twitter feed. She brings up an interesting point. You know, UK soil, the aircraft, the 747 modified, will be taking off from UK soil. But where will the actual rocket be launching from in the air? Whose airspace? This is a good point she brings up. I'll, fo- I'll have to follow this uh, thread of hers uh, after the, everything happens and um, see how it goes. But yeah, interesting thread uh, about this uh, Virgin Orbit takeoff from UK soil <laughs> and launch from someone's airspace. Well, China's Tianwen-1 orbiter possibly having some troubles. I saw a couple of posts today, this morning, on uh, Twitter about this. Now, Tianwen-1, it's um, the, the, the Mars orbiter, uh, and they have the rover also up there. But uh, the rover is, there's no communication. We talked about that, in, I think, last week or the week before, how there's the Martian dust is covering up the solar panels for the rover. Uh, and it's not able to produce enough electricity to keep it going. So the uh, it's kind of stopped functioning for a little bit until maybe that the shakers, uh, if it even ever happens again, the shakers start shaking and dust off and all that. But the orbiter, I guess, Jiangwen, they're having some trouble receiving it. It says uh, teams are having trouble receiving data from the orbiter, according to SCMP. Also, radio amateurs have noted issues with attempts from ground stations to lock onto the orbiter. And uh, this, I do have a, a article link there, talks about it. And also uh, Scott Tilley, who we talked about a lot because of the uh, Artemis mission, how he tracked Artemis so well, and and other things that he tracks. Uh, he's the, the one they're talking about. That's he's one of two amateur. And like I said, there's no other amateur about Scott Tilley. Um, his techniques and equipment, he, he does a great job. But they're classifying him as an amateur, as, as NASA did when they selected the two amateurs. But uh, so there's, he's got a, quite a few tweets here 
that uh, he shares. Um, he says that Tianwen ground station seems to have given up on the spacecraft, passes the Doppler reversal, and is rapidly approaching. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. That's one of the tweets. There's a number of tweets. I do have a link to those tweets on there. But right off the bat, he says, uh, I guess he was ex- was expecting, the Tianwen was expecting to conduct an aerobraking test uh, sometime around now, he wrote. And that was about nine, ten hours ago. And uh, it was not, I guess, after that, possibly they were having problems locking on. Not sure what what orbit is in it is in after this arrow breaking, but I'm sure we're going to hear more. And there isn't much going on as far as communication. They say not not much is being talked about about this. Not possibly not a loss of signal, but maybe some issues locking onto a signal or the correct frequency, or maybe they're trying to find it. I don't know. But if it did uh, perform an arrow break maneuver. You know, that's going to be, it's going to change, change things for the uh, orbiter. So we'll just have to wait and see uh, what what comes about on this one. But the, the Tianwen one, so if you want to follow that on Twitter or, or Facebook or whatever you follow your space news on, I'm sure we'll be hearing more about that because it seems to be getting the attention of many more uh, social media news um, reporters. Check it out. And uh, I'll give you an update. On my Twitter feed also, but we'll talk about it probably on uh, the next podcast, too. Well, China had their first rocket launch of 2023, and I do have a video uh, link on my Twitter feed on that. Let's see, it says China's first launch in 2023 at UTC 2200, January 8th. Uh, Xijiang 23, new tech testing satellite, was successfully launched to GTO by CZ-7A rocket at the, the Wencheng uh, Heian. And let's see, it, it's also the 459th launch of the Long March rocket family. So, and I did see another Twitter. I think China might be launching, I think possibly. After, I didn't post that on the feed, but I looked at, I thought it said three more launches this week. So, uh, China may have three more additional launches uh, after this first one here. So that would give them four. But, um, yeah, so their first launch and um, many more, I'm sure. But I have a a, uh, couple of uh, photos of the rocket and, uh, like I said, a link to the actual video of that launch. If you'd like to go check it out on the Twitter feed. I was able to get quite a few uh, visual orbital passes that I saw on the uh, China's Tiangong space stations, the CSS, and also uh, the International Space Station, the ISS. I did post uh, some links to the videos and still shots I got of those space stations orbiting over my location here in Oklahoma. Some better than others. I tried this morning. There was one that went almost directly above, but it was. It happened so early that the sun it didn't catch any sun uh, reflected rays until it was almost below the horizon. So I went out there anyway, just in case I could see something, but I didn't see a thing. But I, I did see quite a few in the last since the last podcast. I think I posted maybe three or four different captures uh, since the last podcast of that uh, those those orbital passes, which it's always they're always fun to watch. Uh, 
and I do. I am starting to use the hashtag spot the station also on my Twitter feed on my launch. I don't always do it. I keep forgetting sometimes, but um, some some passes are better than others. And uh, that one time I talked about where I was able to capture the ISS and the CSS in the, on, they were in the sky at the same time. And that's on the Twitter feed too. Uh, so the ISS was a little bit lower in the horizon, so you really can't really see it as well. But they were there at the same time, about probably about a minute, minute and a half apart from each other as uh, visible. But uh, they were there on uh, the, the Heavens Above app. It shows them there. And they were still in the sky when I was taking the pictures. Uh, so I did share uh, an am- animation uh, that sh- does show both uh, space stations as they almost took the same route. They almost uh, took the same route. Actually, they were really close this, this entire week as far as their paths are concerned. But uh, cool stuff. It's good. Space is so cool, I'll tell you. Space enthusiasts, enjoy. <laughs> and three CubeSats were deployed from the International Space Station. Um, and a good congratulations from Astro Wakata. And uh, he's the Japanese astronaut at the ISS. And he did tweet out, Congratulations on the successful deployment of Surya Satellite-1 from Indonesia, Optimal-1 of ArcEdge Space, and the University of Fukuyo, and HSKSAT of uh, Hardesiake, and I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly, wishing you all the best on the satellite operation. So he did send out, uh, and he actually shared uh, some photos, apparently he's taken, of all three of those satellites as they were released from the uh, ejection, ejection system, the deployer. And uh, I and I did have some I watched, but it was a different angle. So obviously he was watching this while they were happening because he's at the space station right now. <laughs> so he got some really cool shots and a nice congratulatory uh, tweet out there that he sends well wishes on all well what goes. I'll tell you. Remember, I mean, before they had these these uh, robotic uh, commanded uh, from Earth, they actually send the command to. Release the satellites from Earth, the control center. They remember a t- couple times astronauts have gone out there and flung uh, CubeSats, uh, you know, f- using their hands. And we've watched that before. I've reported on that before. And uh, it, it's interesting when they are able to uh, do it remotely. That they, there's, there's so many ways that they can deploy satellites nowadays from the different space stations. They've been deployed from the ISS. They've been deployed from the CSS. All different ways, and uh, just you know, from other spacecraft and all that. But it's always fun to watch uh, these cubesats. I I really do miss. Uh, I used to track these cubesats a lot more when they were re- being released, and I would look for their first or second pass and attempt to get a telemetry signal. But I don't. I don't. This new location I'm at, I don't have the equipment or the the satellite, the uh, antennas, the, the antenna setup that I used to have. Uh, at, at some of the other locations where I used to have big old Yaggies and amplified antennas and all that um, and be able to receive. I don't, I'm not set up that, that way at all. You know, I basically have a, an HF loop for uh, amateur radio. 
I've got a, I've got actually got a CB antenna up in the attic. I got that HF loop up in the attic, and I have a long wire uh, with a coil uh, with a meteorite fragments. So I've talked about that for my uh, SDR. I've got that up there, but that's pretty much it. I got a little some handhelds, but nothing really to track or monitor these uh, CubeSats anymore, like I used to do. It was a lot of fun, but uh, I've, I've got a lot of those under my belt, though. I'll tell you, I, I've, I've tracked and monitored and, and documented many CubeSat deployments in my day. Let's see. Well, at Spacecom uh, tweets out that, uh, let's see, Space 2023, major test of NASA's commercial moon program as armada of seven landers head for lunar surface. So there's a good article link if you'd like to look at that. Uh, and that one is dated, let's see, January 6th on my Twitter feed. And you can see he's got a, some uh, four photographs of some of the possible landers that are the design uh, graphics of these landers. But, yeah, six landers headed for the lunar surface. It's a good, good article. Uh, lot, lots of stuff going uh, to uh, the moon, isn't it? Welcome to the Blue Dot. May I take your order? What am I talking about? I'm talking about the first low-orbit space station with a restaurant and more is coming. And to get there very fast, this. Got an article there on uh, the 5th of January that speaks about the space station and the hypersonic aircraft that will shuttle you there. That talks about uh, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos' plans to open the orbital reef commercial space station by the end of the decade with shuttles available to the tourist hotel via the hypersonic dream chaser nice graphic there of that and uh, much more of the article talking about uh, what their plans are the blue dot is a restaurant reservations for the blue dot a restaurant named for its view 250 miles above earth open at the end of the decade so a restaurant, too, so you can go check it out. Uh, good article, like I said. Wouldn't that be interesting? This one will be interesting to follow. Uh, space tourists with uh, quarters at the uh, space station, at this space station, and the Blue Dot restaurant. NASA's Kennedy Space Center tweeted out, The Boeing Crew Flight Test, CFT, is scheduled to launch aboard a ULA launch, Atlas V rocket, in April 2023, here at Kennedy, the mission will take NASA astronauts to the space station for the agency's commercial crew program. And uh, then they've got a, I've got a link here to the Boeing Space, where they're actually uh, sharing some info and the uh, flight patch, the flight patch for that uh, mission. So if you'd like to go check that out, it's on the Twitter feed. And Space Ref. Dot com tweeted out an article, uh, and I have a link there. It's uh, from January 4th. Voyager Space and Airbus Defense and Space are partnering to develop and operate Starlab, a free-flying space station to serve the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA, and a global customer base of space agencies and researchers. Hmm. Reflying Space Station, Star Lab. Uh, the article itself is, you know, detailed enough to give you a little bit of, of a taste 
of what their plans are. And they actually have a uh, videos, some videos there, where they share some things about the Star Lab itself. Uh, it says here, we are proud to partner with Airbus Defense and Space to bring Star Lab to life. Our vision is to create the most accessible infrastructure in space to serve the scientific community, said Dylan Taylor, chairman and CEO of Voyager Space. Uh, and I'll just let you, you know, read the rest of the article. But like I said, there's quite a few uh, videos here of the Star Lab uh, concept itself. Interesting stuff. Um, as I said, we, you know, quite a few companies are looking into uh, providing either proposals or hoping to provide the actual space stations to uh, NASA for the future. You know, we've talked about n- numerous companies already, and uh, one is already developing one. You know, modules to be a- attached to the now orbiting International Space Station and to be uh, undocked later as 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 a separate a free-flying space station after the decommission of the ISS. And we've talked about uh, three other companies that have been uh, asked by NASA to provide proposals of a a free-flying space station. But this one, Starlab, quite a bit of information in this spaceref.com article. Like I said, lots of YouTube videos, uh, detailed graphics, a lot of, lot of uh, textual information here that talks about uh, the project in, in a whole. So it's um, good stuff. I'll, sell, I'll tell you, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's nice when uh, companies provide this much data rather than just a flat website where you can actually, this way you can actually see a product that they hope to provide uh, for us space enthusiasts to enjoy before it's actually provided. And another cool-looking animation here is uh, from China and Asia Space Flight on Twitter. It's, uh, let's see, China's deep blue aerospace Mars rocket Fangzhou 1, Arc 1 animation. So if you'd like to go check check out an (laughs) animation... Of, didn't I have a problem with that word last week, too? Uh, if you want to check out the animation of this uh, Deep Blue Aerospace Arc 1 rocket, Mars rocket, it's right, it's almost just right below the one about the uh, this previous story I just talked about. It's also dated the uh, 4th of January on my Twitter feed. Cool stuff. Like I said, all this uh, good-looking animation that uh, these companies provide. Uh, Also right below that, uh, it says, remember Ariane Space? Vega C failed to put two Airbus satellites into orbit. Well, I guess now Airbus, new contract with Poland to provide two Airbus S950 very high resolution optical Earth observation satellites already in use for the same constellation that the the previous two have failed on. So looks like they're working on a contract to already replace those failed satellites that happened when that Ariane Space Vega C rocket failed to put the two Airbus satellites into orbit. I would imagine 
this contract will be using uh, funding, probably from insurance. I would imagine insurance that uh, Ariane Space will have to pay out for. Uh, I, I'm just guessing. I haven't read about it yet for this uh, failed at- attempt at an orbital uh, insertion. So uh, just have to wait and see. But um, yeah, it looks like um, also the U.S. Uh, Space Systems Command. It's launched a CubeSat intended to demonstrate commercial weather imaging technologies for military use. It says here, the electro-optical infrared EO-IR weather systems, EWS, demonstration launched on the SpaceX Transporter 6 rideshare. And we talked about that uh, Transporter 6 rideshare launch previously. So... um, you can go read about these individual satellites now, but this one is with the uh, U.S. Space Systems Command uh, for weather systems. So, hey, that's it. Until next time.